Hello, and welcome to the Sermon Podcast, the First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here's this week's sermon. Our text for today actually come from two places. The first is from Jonah 3.10 through 4.11, and then um, Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16. We'll begin with Jonah. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah and became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is this not what I said while I was still in my own country? This is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning. For I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, oh Lord, Please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give him shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you're concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals. And now from Matthew 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out at about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I will pay, pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. 
When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only an hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the, bo- the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give you to this last the same as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. As many of you know, might know, I am a big fan of The Simpsons, especially in its heyday, kind of in the 90s and and the aughts. I've always loved that show because it kind of passes itself off as just a simple animated show, but of course, it is in some ways subversive. It's telling stories and commenting about modern society and all the foibles and Usually no one is um, immune from this being skewered by The Simpsons. So as I was thinking about this sermon, about the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, I started to think about one episode that was in the eighth season of the show, and it's called Homer's Enemy. This opens up with a new employee, Frank Grimes. And he is working at the nuclear power plant where Homer works. And Frank is one of these very clean-cut, hard-working workers. In fact, the way that he is drawn on the show very much epitomizes that. And he is incredibly flummoxed by Homer. He's flummoxed why someone who is so lazy and incompetent is able to have his job. Now, Homer realizes at some point that Frank is upset at him. And he wants to get on Frank's good side and does whatever he can. And he actually invites Frank over to dinner. And that didn't work. Frank comes to the house, which is a very nice house, and he is upset. Why does this guy have this really nice house with a a family, all of these good things when he is so incompetent, especially when he is living in a tiny apartment? Frank just becomes obsessed 
with trying to do what he can at some point now to bring down Homer, to reveal Homer as the incompetent boob that he is. So he goes even to the point of enrolling Homer in a children's contest sponsored by the power plant in an attempt to humiliate him. And that didn't work because, of course, Homer wins the contest. At this point, Frank freaks out. He has basically a nervous breakdown, and he tears throughout the power plant, just trying to mimic Homer being as crazy and and as incompetent as possible. And that results in him touching high-voltage wires, which ends up killing him. A lot of people, reviewers, have considered this episode of The, Home, of the Simpsons probably one of the darkest. And I would agree, on some level, it's not the usual slapstick comedy, even though there are still moments of, of comedy and things that are kind of funny. But that darkness also makes it one of the, the best episodes of the series. Because what's compelling to me is that Frank Grimes is consumed with jealousy. He thinks that because of his intelligence and his hard work, he deserves all that Homer has. And likewise, he believes that Homer is not worthy of any of this because he is such an incompetent boob. And Frank is so envious about Homer that he never really appreciated the life that he had. And in the end, it cost him his life. Now, I've always been fascinated by the parable of the workers in the vineyard because in some ways it is a real life story and in some ways it's not. The way that it's very realistic, of course, is because it's talking about workers. And the way that Jesus paints the story of these people waiting for someone to come and basically hire them for the day is not unusual. And in fact, it still occurs to this day. As I said in my devotions this week, When I lived in Washington, D.C., in that area in the mid-1990s, it was not uncommon, especially in the suburbs, if you were hitting, driving in a major intersection, to see workers, people, men, usually, just standing at a corner. Most of these men were from uh, Latin America, because that's where a lot of the uh, immigration came from in the Washington, D.C. area. And they were waiting for someone to pick them up to do work for a day. So when Jesus is talking about people going, this, this owner going to pick up people and have them work for a day, it's not unusual. It occurred in, the, in biblical times, but it occurs in modern times as well. What is a little odd is that the owner keeps coming throughout the day to pick up workers. And really, the odd part really is coming at 5 o'clock, almost quitting time, 
to get workers. Of course, Jesus is telling the story this way to make a point. When the end of the day comes, everyone is going to get their pay. And those first workers are excited. They know they've worked all day, all day compared to everyone else. They've worked in the heat. Granted, probably working in a vineyard is not easy work. And so they expected to be paid more than everyone else did. So imagine their surprise when they find out that they are getting the exact same pay as those that worked an hour. And they even tell them, tell the owner of their disappointment and anger. These last only worked one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. You have made us equal to those people, the ones who came and worked only an hour. They believe that they deserved more. Now, I can imagine the landowner looking at them, looking at them not with anger, but maybe in a bemused way, maybe the way that Jesus looked at the rich young ruler, as it describes in one of the versions, when he looks at the ruler and loved him. There's a sadness in that they still don't get it, and yet there is still care for this person in front of them. He explains to them basically simply that he is a generous person. He chooses to give and be generous with those who he chooses. Now, I've said this many times before. This is not a story about labor relations. Because, of course, if it was, those workers probably would have gone to whatever the Roman Empire's version of, the, of a labor relations board to bring up the worker for bad labor practices. The point here is not about necessarily how to pay workers, at least that's not the point directly, but it is about fairness. See, as humans, we want to be fair. We never really define at times what we mean by the word fair, though I guess it can mean sometimes getting what we think we deserve or getting what others deserve, sometimes in a bad way. We strongly believe in merit, and we believe that if we work hard and do the right things, we will be rewarded. That is how it's supposed to work. And let me be honest here, that makes sense. We want people to be paid fairly. We do should believe that if we work hard, that we should be paid fairly. So I get that. I get that, of course, because while this isn't a story on labor relations, I am the son of two auto workers who are also members of the United Auto Workers, so I get that. But while that works in our world, it is not necessarily how it works in God's economy. We are not loved 
by what we do. And this is something that Jesus kept stressing to the people over and over again. It was something that bothered the religious leaders of that day because they were people who had studied all the tenets of the law, they had followed them to a T. They believed that God was giving them VIP access to heaven. But Jesus is telling them, in fact, tells them pointedly that the tax collectors and the prostitutes, the people that didn't deserve God's favor, would enter heaven ahead of them. In the story of Jonah, is in some ways, I also love this one because it feels like it actually is a Simpsons episode. It's a story of God's mercy and grace, and that bothered Jonah. Throughout the entire book of Jonah, which is a short story, he does not want to go to Jonah. And he, when God tells him, go here to this city, Nineveh, right this way, he goes in the opposite direction. In his mind, they were the enemy, and they were, and they deserved to be punished by God. But finally, he relents, and he does what God asks him to do, and they repent. And Jonah was angry. So angry, they sat down in the hot sun, in the desert, wanting to die. And God provides this plant that provides shame, provides shade, and that seems great until God also provides a worm, which then kills said plant. And Jonah's back where he started. And when God is talking to Jonah, he points out, he seemed more concerned about that plant than he did about people of Nineveh. God wasn't fair in some ways to Jonah, but Jonah was so blind. He couldn't see God's goodness to him. In fact, he couldn't see when God released him from the fish that he had been swallowed up in for several days. He was thankful for that, but he couldn't move that into gratitude to share that sense of love to the people of Nineveh. He was focused on God was good to him, but he was not focused on the goodness of God. The God that we love is one that loves everyone. And sometimes that's hard to take. Because we like to think that we're God's favorite. So, as we are continuing our series, Be Still and Know, I have another homework assignment for you this week. Last week, I asked you to find instances of forgiveness in the world. And this week, I am asking you where you have seen God's unfair grace. Where have you seen God's undeserved love in the world? So, again, if you've seen that in the wider world or even in your own life, drop me an email. 
at info at FCCStPaul.org. Because I want to hear those stories and maybe share them anonymously so that we hear and see how God is acting, how God is moving in our world. Frank Grimes is a character to be pitied because he could not be happy for what he had. He just could not be grateful. Like those early workers, he was consumed with jealousy that someone was made equal to him, someone that he thought didn't deserve to be made equal to him. Frank's story is a cautionary tale for all of us. See the grace of, and love of God in our lives but also see it and see God's grace in others. Don't be jealous of that. Be thankful. And may God give us grateful hearts, hearts that are grateful and generous enough to show that everyone deserves God's love, no matter who they are. Thanks be to God. Amen.